Awesome. Will you give one more hand for them? They did an excellent job, and they did that every single night. Awesome. Well, really quickly, uh, I'm going to take maybe 10 minutes or less and just talk to you parents for a second. So, kids, uh, you can go ahead and grab the bulletin. There's actually a section on the bottom of that bulletin you can draw, Peter walking on water. So if you could do that for me, that would be excellent. Uh, really quick, let's go ahead and look at Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the, wa the, the waves because of the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out on the water to you. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this past week, this incredible week of camp. Thank you for all the volunteers and all the kids that showed up. I pray that you would ultimately glorify through our actions this past week. This morning, we pray that we would open our hearts and our ears to receive from you. And I pray that we would leave changed here. We would experience you in a real way. We pray this in your name. Amen. Awesome. So I want you to take a moment, parents, and just imagine you're in a boat, right? You're sitting in a boat. And your parents are with you, and the wind is rocking, and the waves are rocking, and you've probably taken some Dramamine so you don't get sick, but you're sitting there in awe of what's happening, but you see Jesus walking out on water. Now, that in and of itself would have been crazy, right, to see a man walking on water. But just as amazing, you're sitting there, and you watch as your dad or your mom is standing there, and Jesus calls out to them and says, hey, come to me. I mean, just imagine what's going through your mind. Your parents haven't even taken a step out of the boat yet, but you're watching as Jesus is there, and he's called them out. And then imagine you watch as your mom or your dad step out of the boat, and they begin to walk on water. What would that do to your faith? What would that do to your mindset, your idea of God? How would that change the foundation or the, the, the idea of God in your mind? My challenge to you this morning, very short and simple, is your faith will echo for generations. And the challenge is, will you actually put your faith on display? Here's the thing. Most of you guys as parents understand that you are probably the biggest influencer in your child's life, right? You understand that their vocabulary, their personality, their, their tendencies, everything that they do seems to be based off of you. They mimic your actions, and I think the thing that we need to grasp this morning is that we are the biggest influence, but are we using our influence, are we using that to leverage our faith towards our kids? Are we allowing our kids to understand the importance and the, the gravity of faith in our lives? Or is it something that we think to ourselves, well, if I drop them, at, uh, drop them off at church, I'm doing my job. If I simply take them to a kid's camp, well, I've done my job for the summer. 
Have we taken this to the next level and said, hey, I need to put my faith on display for my kids? Ed Stetzer did a study, and it said that 83% of parents believe that they are the main spiritual influencers on their kids' lives. But 48% of them consider their own faith as an important, do not consider their own faith as an important influence of their parenting. So 83% understand that they are the biggest influencers in their kids' lives, but 48% would say, you know what, faith isn't an important factor regarding my parenting. This means that they recognize their influence, but they don't see their faith as a priority in their parenting. What kind of preparation have we made in our kids' lives? So you teach our, we teach our kids different things, right? We teach them how to tie their shoes, how to clean their, their, ba- their bedroom, clean the bathroom, to, to, put on, to brush their teeth. All these things that are absolutely important, but these things are temporary. I would like to ask you this morning, what are we doing in preparation for the eternal? How much influence are we leveraging towards our faith to make sure that our kids understand the gravity and the importance of faith in our lives? You see, here's the thing that I want us to understand in regards to Peter is that it wasn't an accident that Peter was the one who got out of the boat. Yeah, Peter was the one who stood up and said, Lord, if it is you, then call me out of the boat to walk towards you. But Jesus very easily could have said, Peter, I hear you, but sit down. I want Mark. Mark, you come on. Now, Jesus had a very specific plan, a very specific destiny set out for Peter ahead of time. The Bible would go on to tell us in Matthew that Jesus would call Peter the rock in which he would build his church on. And I I say that this morning because you as parents are the rock in which God has chosen you to build your family on. And that is no accident, that is no coincidence, but it also comes with a heavy responsibility. You're bearing the weight and the understanding that your kids' faith and their growth and their development in terms of their faith in God is very heavily reliant on you. I'm asking, in short, this morning, how often are we putting our faith on display for our kids to see? Because just like Peter walked on water and the disciples looked on, every step that you make, your kids are watching. Every action that you take, every word that comes out of your mouth, Your kids are watching. Another study that I read said that 65% of parents believe that they are on their phones too much. Would anybody agree with that statement? Okay, I hear some kids that are like, heck yeah, they are. It's interesting because that study would go on to say that 56% of of kids would agree with that statement. Another study in regards to this said that 47% of kids said that they would confiscate their parents' phone if they had the power to. 47% of kids said they would take their parents' phone away if they had the power to. So one of the things that I've picked on, up on very quickly is that kids nowadays are very much glued to screens. Would you agree with that statement? Like, very quickly, if I can get a hold of a screen, I'm going to do it. I want to ask you this morning, is it possible that the reason that they're doing that is because they're modeling the thing that they're seeing every single day? And I wonder this morning, if we sat back and said, you know what, I'm going to take 25% of the time that I spend on my phone, and I'm going to spend it in worship with my kids. I'm going to take 25% of my time that I spent on my phone, and I'm going to spend it in prayer, both corporately with my family and privately for my family. I'm going to take 25% of that time that I spent on my phone and I'm going to invest it into my kids and I'm going to read the word of God with my kids and be intentional with my faith with them. I wonder how dramatically that would shift their mindset in terms of the importance of the phone and the importance of the word of God. 
I wonder if instead of, we, of us carrying our phone everywhere that we went, we carried a Bible in our pocket instead. And we said, you know what? This is more important. We can communicate with this as well. What, what kind of shift would happen in our kids? What kind of focus would shift in their, in their mindset towards their faith in God? Growing up, I had incredible parents. And they, were, well, they weren't perfect, but they were pretty darn close. Uh, I grew up in a family of 11. Nine of us were adopted. My parents did foster care for 30 years. They took in all the kids that no one else wanted. We had, I had two sisters um, on feeding tubes and oxygen tanks. Um, I had four sisters that had mental disabilities. My mom's day started at 4 o'clock in the morning where she would get up and she would start getting things going. I talked to her the other day and she said, that's how it was for about 25, 30 years. 4 o'clock in the morning, every single day. My dad worked three jobs to make it all work. And there wasn't a Sunday that we missed church. There wasn't a meal that we didn't pray over. There wasn't a moment in which we struggled or had something happen in which my dad or my mom said, hey, we're just going to take a second and we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that God's going to show up. We moved from California to Virginia when I was younger. And uh, we moved from the beach to Virginia on top of a mountain with a bunch of snow on it. So you can imagine how we were. Like, I remember our, the first time it snowed, I didn't have pants. I didn't have a jacket. I had shorts and a tank top on. And my mom felt so bad, she ran to J.C. Penney's right after and grabbed every single thing that she could find. But I remember we got, we'd get into the car, and whenever there was snow on our drive, because it was gravel and we were on top of this, this mountain, my mom would say, all right, get in the car. We're going to pray. And she'd pray that we would get down to the hill safely. We'd have a great day at school. She'd pray that we would get home safely. And every single day that it snowed or every single day that something happened, I remember my mom praying. And I can honestly say this morning that I would not be the man I am today. I would not be in ministry today if it wasn't for the influence that my parents had on my life. And this morning I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to understand that what you're doing right now, every step that you take, every word that comes out of your mouth is directly influencing the kids that God has honored and blessed you with. Like I said before, our first point this morning is your faith will echo for generations. But the truth of the matter is, is that in terms of your faith and in terms of life, you're not perfect, right? Raise your hand if you know that you're not perfect. Raise your hand if you're, you know that the person sitting next to you isn't perfect. Husbands are like, I don't know if I should raise my hand right now. The truth of the matter is, don't expect to be. I think parents sometimes have this mentality that in terms of their kids, they can never be wrong, right? In terms of their kids, I've got to be right. I can't make a mistake. I've got to have it all together. But Peter didn't, and God doesn't expect you to either. You see, remember, Peter got out of the boat. He walked on water, and it was spectacular. It was awesome, and the disciples watched on in awe. But Peter also sunk, because he doubted, he saw the wind and the waves, and he let his circumstance overwhelm him. But what did Peter do in that moment? Peter didn't just sit back and say, ah, it's not happening, right? He didn't deny what was happening. He didn't deny his circumstance. He didn't pretend that, hey, everything's going to be fine. No, the first thing that Peter did, as soon as he began to sink, was he cried out to Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that one of the greatest gifts that you can give your kids is the understanding that you are reliant on Christ as well. Your kids need to understand that you don't have it all together, that you aren't perfect, that you need Christ just as much as they do. 
And the moment that they see, hey, mom and dad aren't perfect. Mom and dad failed. Mom and dad screwed up. But mom and dad called out to God every single time. It's the same moment that their reliance won't just be on you, but it'll be on Christ. And so my challenge this morning, my second challenge this morning is make sure that your kids understand your dependence on Jesus. Our second point is your dependence on Jesus will become their dependence on him. When they understand that, hey, mom and dad need Jesus, they'll also understand that they need him as well. So those are our two points this morning. And really short, really simple, really to the point. But this week, I'd love to challenge you to be intentional with your faith with your kids. If that means sitting down and opening the word of God and praying with them, then do it. If that means praying over every single meal, then do it. If that means reading a chapter out of the Bible once a week, then do it. If that means getting into the car and turning on some worship music and saying, hey, we're just going to worship God together. What we model, what we do, your kids are directly impacted by. And you influence them more than you know. You've got 18 years, 18 years to do as much as you possibly can. Don't waste a second of that. Use it as best you can. With that being said, I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll continue on. Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for the fact that you've given us the opportunity to have faith, but also you've given us the opportunity that when we screw up and when we make mistakes, that you meet us right where we're at. And when we cry out to you, you you reach your arm out and you grab us and you pull us out of our circumstance. Father, I pray this morning that parents would first and foremost understand their influence, understand their ability to, to have their faith just echo for generations. And I pray this morning that they would realize that and they would use that ability just to invest into their kids and, and to let their faith be seen and put on display. And Father, when they fail, I pray that they would cry out to you and that their kids would see them crying out to you and that they would experience you in a real way in that moment and that parents wouldn't just feel it, but kids would see it. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, earlier in the service, Pastor Joseph had you fill out your Connect card. It looks like this. Would you grab that out? Um, if you're our guest around here, we use this card every week to record our attendance, but really to take steps in the direction God would have us go. And so we were talking about being superheroes this week with our kids, but it was all predicated on the reality that a relationship with Jesus is the beginning point and that God can do something super with your life. But it's possible that you're an adult or a kid in the room right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So I want to direct your attention to next step A that says, today I'm making Jesus my Savior and Lord. What the Bible says about you is that without God, you're broken. I was broken. Uh, even with God, I'm not perfect, but with God, God, by his grace, has saved me. So the Bible says that you're a sinner. That's what it means to be imperfect. But because of the grace of Jesus, you can have a relationship with your heavenly Father and begin the super life that God has for you. If you want to do that, take the pen that we provided on the seat and check next step A. In a moment, I'm going to pray and give you a chance to say to God, God, save me. I can't save myself. I want to trust in the work you did for me on the cross and in your resurrection. I want to trust in that alone to save me. And then when the offering buckets come by at the end of our service, put your card in there and we'll communicate with you about what it means to be a child of God. Next Step B says today I'm choosing to be baptized. We have a baptism coming up in just a couple of weeks. If you have questions about it or want to be baptized, you check the box, put it in the offering bucket. Now Next Step C, this is for parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles in the room. It says... I'm committed this week to making faith be a key part to my parenting. 
So if your parents or your aunts and uncles who have influence, your grandparents who have influence, put your faith on display. Even when it's hard, put your faith on display. And trust Jesus to help you. If you check the box, we'll send you a reminder about that in your email, but about what you want to do with what you heard today. And then next step D says, send me the link for grow. Step two, developing spiritual habits. Our church provides four experiences, grow one, two, three, and four. Each one of them is designed to help you grow spiritually. We provide you a meal. We talk for a couple of hours with you about what's going on in your life. Check the box. We'll send you the information and get you signed up for that. And the next step, E, is your ability to sign up for a summer small group. In your message notes inside was information about small groups. Um, You guys blew us away last week. This is the second week to sign up. But last week, a ridiculously high number of people said they want to get out of their seats and uh, in rows and get in circles and uh, chat about God, learn about God a bit, that kind of thing. All right, so if by now you've checked the box you want to check, why don't you set that aside for just a moment? And if you call this church home, I want to give you a chance to get back to God a portion of what he's blessed you with right now. So we have some folks who are coming forward to receive our tithe and our offering today. And if you're our guest, make sure you put your connect card in there and uh, let us know that you were with us along with your steps. All right? So before they uh, walk down the aisle and before we worship again, I need to say thank you um, to a couple people. Um, The Bible talks about giving honor to whom honor is due, and ultimately that's to the Lord. But the Lord uses people. And so uh, Pastor Josh and his wife, Megan, I think they're both right over there, have just in less than a year being on this team, blown away my expectations for what they'd be able to pull off this week. And I think it would be honoring to God to give honor to this man and to his wife. Would you do that with me right now? Incredible. Incredible. Way to go. He, uh, He took the heart that this place had before he got here because we know how important it is to invest in the next generation. And they took it to the next level. And I'm so excited to see what God's gonna continue to do in this church in the next generation. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, is that we know around here nothing happens without incredible volunteers. And Pastor Josh already acknowledged his team, but for all of you who served, and then for all of you who watched others serve, who benefited, for all of you who are part of this church and you know our heart for people, I wonder if you could just say one more time with a round of applause how grateful you are for everybody that had made this week happen. Absolutely incredible. And then finally, if you're our guest today, you wouldn't know this unless I told you, but you're sitting around incredibly generous people. So at Christmas, this church paid for this program so that we could offer to over 100 kids a night a free program where they could have lots of fun. The programming would be excellent. There would be deposits spiritually made in their life and it would all be free so thank you church for investing god took something like dollars and pennies and he used it to plant spiritual seeds and for the next 10 20 30 and 50 years the seeds that were planted will not be wasted and god will bring some to water god will bring some to cultivate and to fertilize the seed ultimately he'll bring the increase and spiritual fruit will be born because of your investment. Make no mistake, your dollars and pennies were well used this week. Let's pray about our next steps in our offering right now. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for the good work that you've done here in this place this week. It is all you. And we can put together programs, we can have fun, we can sing songs, but only you can change the heart. And we pray, Lord, that the work you've done this week 
the work that was accomplished would be sealed by your spirit. We look forward to the seeds that are going to grow. We thank you for the harvest that began to happen this week. God, we pray that over the next generation, the kids that were a part of what happened this week, that they would step further and further into all that you have for them. That they would display their faith. They would do it even when it's hard. And God, I pray that you would renew the call on every parent, aunt and uncle, friend and grandparent in this room to show their faith on display for the next generation. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.